0: Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. Imagine your job was to train, make weight, and then literally fight to win. When you combine weight class sports with the necessity to perform at the highest level, proper meal planning and nutrition becomes absolutely vital to your success. Enter Power Athlete Nutrition Sensei Tyler Mitten. Tyler regularly prepares professional fighters for competition with intelligent weight cutting and individually tailored nutrition plans. He's not just good, he's the best. If you want great results, you seek great coaches. This week, Tyler and Luke go deep, answering some of your questions about nutrition, deadlift mechanics, and all things Ronda Rousey. In this episode, you'll learn how to make your macros work for you without having to combine canned tuna and orange juice in a blender. You'll also find out why making plans to go to Taco Tuesday is a misinterpretation of the term meal prep. If you're short on protein, don't let those gains slither away. Rattlesnake is the new bacon. And if consuming lean meat in the form of a reptile with no legs is widely considered wrong by society, I don't want to be right. This is episode 190.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, giraffes and zebras, it's that time again, power, athlete, Radio, the premier podcast in strength and conditioning, is coming your way for episode number, I'm not sure, but I'm here sitting with Tyler Mitten, our nutrition coach, one of our power athlete coaches, it's just Tyler and I, because the rest of the team is out doing whatever the team does on their free time, Tyler and I don't rest, all we do is work, we grind, you might call us a workhorse, we're on the grindstone, okay, that is us, that is what we're doing, Tyler, what is up, brother? What's going on, man? nothing you know i've been fucking uh you know my thumb has been off the pulse of of pop culture for the past i don't know three weeks during this move um so we've just gotten settled in it's been about a week we finally got internet here john on the other hand uh you know we're still struggling with his internet solution because no one seems to service his fucking obscure ranch location where he just shoots pigs all willy-nilly but um I think that's a good problem to have, you know, in the grand scheme of things.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you've missed a lot of uh, non important things, a lot of a lot of what everybody got for Christmas. Um, you know, all of those things. So you didn't. You really didn't miss much.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just tickle me Elmo, right? Like that's the hot item.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're a little. You are. You're, you're a little more than three weeks behind, but that's still there. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, listen up, people, my listeners. Uh, Tyler and I are going to be yapping today. We're going to be talking a little bit about some Q&A that we're getting on the Instagram. But uh, first and foremost, it is event planning season for us at Power Athlete HQ. So we're going to be popping up our sports specific application events that are going to be popping off around the world. Rumor has it, there's going to be some warm up squat and sprint clinics that are gonna be ran around the United States area. And uh, we're gonna try and launch some nutrition type stuff as well. Now, interestingly enough, part of these events include webinar type deals, okay? So that means you can watch from the comfort of your own home. Pick your butt, no one can see it, okay? So keep your eyes peeled, it'll be on powerathlethq.com slash events. And uh, also, dude, um, so Tyler, I've been I'm like, on the final phase of getting all of the symposium footage edited, Dude, it is like, dude, that event was fucking mind-blowing. Like, even as someone, like, I, dude, I, I, was, I did maybe 80%, 90% of the planning and all that shit, and I knew what we were getting ourselves into, but I never knew what we were getting ourselves into.
2: Yeah, there were, man, there were speakers that it blew my mind. I mean, and a lot of people, I think, they think you're coming to a, a, a symposium, you know, put on by a bunch of muscle heads and, and things like that. You know, you expect nothing but just in-your-face strength conditioning. No one expected you know, um, you know, tips on leadership, tips on motivation. Um, one of the most absolutely inspirational stories I've ever heard in my life by Brad Snyder. Yeah. You look around and you know, you have jacked guys with beards everywhere, like trying their best not to cry and and stuff. (laughs) Um, dude, it was, it was powerful. I saw, I I saw a a misty eyed John, which was in itself pretty impressive. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was tough. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, we did a podcast a few days ago, uh, J- John, Tex, and I. And we kind of recapped some of that. We talked mostly about double um, A, double A, and uh, uh, Andy. And yeah. we, did, we didn't. I mean, we touched briefly on Brad Schneider. And uh, but yeah, that, dude, he super powerful talk. And then, I mean, just the, I thought the practical sessions with Lauren and Tom on Sunday morning. You know, where they were giving people like breaking people off on. Uh, on a lot of the the shit, like the sensory deprivation shit that Dr. Tom put together, and then Lauren's kind of hip and pelvic restoration drills and shit. People were getting lit up with that. Remember? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And and the, and the thing is, it, it was a good example of kind of how we work because it was everything was it was just so much more than bench squat deadlift and press,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know, which is essentially the yeah, the end all be all of almost all strength conditioning programs you see out there. Um, you know, it's just about picking up weight and, and, you know, we're so much more than that. And, and the cool thing about the symposium is it, it shows that we're always looking for, you know, what might be missing, uh, what coaches might be, be missing with their athletes. You know, this, this one little introduction, this one little thing you introduced your athlete might be the, the winning difference. And, you know, we, we saw a lot of those things that I don't know, you know, some of us haven't, haven't thought of before. And, you know, I, I know a lot of everybody else had not either. So it was just really cool to see all those different things and have those different guests.
1: Yeah, man. It's, you know, and just being able to go back and like, dude, I've listened to the the talks like three or four times, which in itself is a big commitment just to get all the audio sorted and everything. But, uh, it's good stuff. People are in for a super, super big treat when that stuff pops out. But, uh, anyways, back. Okay. So back to pop culture, me being totally, uh, you know, I guess an isolationist stuck on a, a fucking truck and not, paying attention during unpacking and building Ikea furniture for the past fucking, uh, you know, week and a half. What's going on with Ronda Rousey? I've been seeing memes of her with, like, a smashed-up face. Uh, what's going on? So what happened during this fight?
2: Oh, man. And what, was... what,
1: what, is, the, what is the ecosphere talking about? I mean, because you're – listen, you're my, you're my go-to, like, I guess, fight analyst. Uh, so <laughs> give me your breakdown.
2: Well, man, it was – it was such a, a crazy event, you know. For one, it was the UFC matchmaker Joe Silva's last event. It was Mike Goldberg, who's you know Joe Rogan's you know right hand man there as the announcer. It, it was his last event, and then it was Ronda Rousey's second just horrible loss in a row. You know, she didn't just lose; she got you know I don't you know and I'll I'll go back and and read right on it. But she she did nothing good. She she did not do one single good thing um and you know the internet's just blown up you know all of a sudden you have all these people who always knew she sucked and um all these people who who, who always thought she was overrated and this and you know I, you know on one hand I get it you know you you put yourself in that position anytime you have like the, the cocky attitude you know you put yourself in a position to, to get hate if you don't always live up to it and anytime you're on top and and, you, and you're in that position there's going to be people that hate you but still, you know, I, I can't help but feel bad just because, you know, she what we've seen, especially in the last two fights, and what I think everybody's figured out, she's not the best, but she's still really freaking good, you know, and, and she could beat, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the female and male non fighting population out there, um, you know. So there's there's a lot of people out there acting like she sucks, and they forget, like, well, no, she doesn't. She's just. You know, she, the, people are evolving past her and that's fine. That's, that's the evolution of the sport. It happens.
1: What uh, happened? Uh, what was the, what was the chatter leading up to the fight? Were it like, was it 50, 50? Uh, honestly, I was the guy who was. I was saying, I
2: think Ronda can win, but that was pretty much what I don't, most people didn't just have this super confident belief that she was going to win. Um, it was always like, you know, I think she can pull it off. It, it was kind of that. It was, I guess we all felt she was the underdog and she was, um, you know, everybody, you know, she's taking a year off. Everybody was just kind of wondering if, you know, that year was good for her, what she'd been doing. if she'd been training hard and here she came into weigh-ins just looking like an animal. She looked the best shape she's ever looked. She wasn't doing any media, anything like that, which was was pretty cool. You know, reminiscent of the old, you know, Rocky and, and Rocky Drago fight. You know, I don't, just go to the barn and, and, and lift my friends and family, yeah, uh, you know she just she removed herself from distraction, so you know you thought it was going to be really good, but she goes out there, gets punched you know in the first few seconds, and everything's done uh you know she she she's backing up, holding her hands out, she tries a few half attempted throws, misses them, and it was just all over you know less than a minute girl you know TK odor. And it was just – it was brutal. It was sad, it was sad to watch. Um, you know, I felt bad. It was
0: – there was a lot of good in
2: it. It showed, for one, and one thing I like, it showed that women's MMA is a lot better than just Ronda Rousey. These girls are vicious. You know, I, I said it when I worked – you know, when, when I was on here with uh, Megan Anderson. Megan is, is an example of that. She is vicious. These girls, especially the ones who are the top of the world, they're not training with other really good girls. They are training with guys. And, and you know as well as I do, guys do not like to be beaten by a girl. So you get these girls who they they hit like a man, they do all that like a man, but, you know, they still have a female's jaw structure. So these girls are going in there, you know, giving it their all, you know, knocking out guys, half knocking out guys and, and – and what's a guy's response going to be to go in there and try to kill her? And, you know, these women, you, you hear it a lot. These women go through a lot more than the guys do. Uh, the women are getting knocked out in training. They're, you know, it's really tough. And they're almost always training with guys uh, bigger, stronger. A lot of them, you know, their whole lives, they were wrestlers and, and, and they come from a background. And a lot of these girls, even the best, are, you know, are still kind of new to combat sports. So they've had to overcome a lot of obstacles to get to that point uh you know, so I, I think WMMA, women's mixed martial arts, is still under the radar of where it should be as far as respect goes. But I think as girls like Ronda get beaten and things, it, it shows that, hey, man, the, the women as a whole are really good. Uh, they're evolving, in my opinion, faster than the guys are.
1: Now, do you think that uh, – because Rousey is kind of – I mean, she has – a tumultuous background, I guess. Do you think that between the ears she's going to be able to bounce back? Do you think this is like a mental thing? I mean, technically she was uh, touted as one of, the, one of the better fighters. Is it just the fact that maybe she hit a slump and while she was in a slump, the rest of the WMMA crew was like on this, this accelerated trajectory of skill development, technicality development?
2: Yeah, yeah, I feel like a little bit of all that's correct. The thing is when you're so good at one thing like Ronda was, you you, you you pigeonhole yourself. You know, Ronda Rousey, if she walks up with you, she's going to throw you. If she throws you, she's going to armbar you. Like, you know that going in, so you can base your whole camp on, you know, I'm going to, to to keep her outside of my range. There's no way I'm going to let her get close. It's much easier. It's it's the concept of a girl who's a, she's a 10 at one thing and fives at the other, but, you know, she's fighting these girls who are seven, sevens and eights and everything. and It just, it works out a lot better that way. But I personally, you know, things you're seeing, they're saying that she's taken this loss better. Um, I think she'll be back, and I, I think she'll work her way back up, and you might see her as champion again. I think this loss was probably a lot easier, because you've got to think the, when you're undefeated and when you've lived her life, she's the pageant kid. You know, she was, she's been bred for this. The first loss is all that you dread. Um, you dread that first loss, and, and, and the weight of that in itself can just mentally mess you up. And once that first loss happens, I think it's great for you, um, you know, because you, you, you realize, like, hey, it can't happen, and I'm still here. That's the worst that can happen is you lose. So she's seen it before, so I think this one just didn't affect her as much. I think it would be a shame if she, she didn't come back. You know, it's her choice, but I really think she is still you – know, it, it's stupid to think she's not still one of the best in the world. Um, you know, I, I think she. I think she for sure should come back. Uh, you know, I think she will. She's a competitor. You know, people can say what they want. All she cared about was the belt. I mean, she's she's a competitor. She's one of the world's best. She's she's competed her entire life. I don't think she's going to let two losses in what's still an amazing career keep her from it. But we'll see. It's a it's an you know, interesting that, time.
1: During uh, during her last when she got she broke that undefeated streak. One of the things we talked about when we were on the podcast, I think you – I'm pretty sure you were on this, but was just the idea that, like, uh, even looking at her, you you kind of had a, um, an, a suspicion that the weight cut went wrong almost.
2: Yeah, that the, the first one didn't look at it.
1: Yeah, looking at it this time, did she carry, like, just carry better body weight, carry better weight? What did you – you know, could you – I know it's like fucking looking at a crystal ball, Tyler. I know no, you yeah, yeah. but shake that fucker up and let me know what it says.
2: Yeah, I feel like I feel like everything went better with this. Like, I think she did everything she needed to do in this camp. I think – and a lot of people, you know, in the MMA world and fans, everybody think, I think her camp – I think she did the absolute best she could with the camp she has, but I think her camp is terrible. Um, it's what everybody – her striking coach, he doesn't really have a, a legitimate background. He doesn't really have any any legitimate – Fighters to boast, and you know he just Ronda Rousey fell into his lap, and he's not really developing her and making her any better. Um, you know, you you can hear him cornering her, and some of the things he's saying to her are just so amateur. It's not even funny. Um, you know, James Krauss, one of my fighters, and, and one of the, the guys that work with us, he is a coach too, and he's a phenomenal corner. And you hear the things he's saying as a corner, they're just. It's always calm. You know, he's always, he's always talking to the fighter in, a, in an encouraging way. He's always, you know, James says, you just give me the controls. Let me, let me play the game, and you just, just do what I, you know, you just do the button I push. And this guy, her corner is just yelling the most absurd things, and it's just, I think he's an amateur who's been handed one of the greatest fighters in the world. It's made him look like a genius, but he's still an amateur. I think she needs to move camps. Fast, but you know she's kind of pigeonholed herself there too because she's known as a girl who's not a good training partner. You know she she's supposedly not a good training partner. She's a selfish training partner, and those. So it's kind of to the point. Other gyms probably don't really want her. Mm -hmm. You know, and that does that that does kind of suck. But she's she does have to do something. I I don't think like I said I think she should come back, but I don't think she should stay with uh, her coach. I think that would be career suicide for
1: yeah it's a perfect example of what we refer to as curse of the gifted you know and it is, it's a twofold deal in the sense that if you are one of the world's best athletes let's say you're god gifted right and um, and it, listen it doesn't mean you don't work hard it doesn't mean you don't train hard it just means that when you fell out when the stork it's a stork right stork dropped you from the sky yes That's how it works. Yes. Okay. When the stork dropped you, you landed so far along the athletic continuum that you have, uh, you have an advantage over normal people. But anyways, the problem with being on that curve is, um, for you personally, people are going to be less prone to help you because it's going to be all about, um, doing the least amount to ensure that they don't risk your safety and you know, training's inherently dangerous, right? Being under a heavy barbell is dangerous, but if you know, it's like running with scissors, bro, like I can run perfectly fine with scissors, but if you're a clumsy genetic Garbage can probably shouldn't be running with scissors. Uh, Anyways, back on track. So you'll tend to get shittier coaching because no matter what they do, it's going to work because you're so fucking gifted. Like I'm sure early in the career, before all the birds caught up, Ronda Rousey could have spent 90% of the time doing fucking like a bar method. You know what I mean? And she would go in in there and pound these birds, right? And her coach would be like, oh, it's working great. Now, for the coach, it also provides a false sense of. Confidence or ego. I don't know depending yes. on who the person is because you get this amazing athlete in and you think that this proprietary method that you've put together is what is fucking propelling them along the the trajectory of success and in, in reality it really isn't because it's It's, they're just God given talent. So then you try to replicate what your system with Ronda Rousey with some other fighter and it's going to fucking tank and you're going to get another fucking garbage can. And I think what we're seeing now is, um, you know, a product of training people oftentimes, I'm dude, I swear, people don't think you can improve athleticism through training. Like we we've, we've, uh, ventured into the resolutionist camp with some of our products and I'm, I'm answering a lot of training questions. I'm asking, I'm asking a lot of people who are just not that, like not CrossFitters. They're not into training. They fucking go run and jog. And it's like, they don't, they don't even think of athleticism. They just think of losing weight around the midsection. Right now, I guess what I'm getting at is with the right training and the right execution of movements, you improve athleticism. And I think that some of these girls are just getting, that they're, they're progressing along their continuum and they're improving their skills exponentially because they have coaches, uh, good fucking coaches, I guess, right? Yeah. So now this, this puts this, – I guess um, there's more fish in the water now and now she's between a rock and a hard place. Her coach is, she probably trusts and thinks it works, but it's all fucked. Everything's fucked. But, uh, you know, I think – granted I'm just, I would call myself even if I wouldn't call myself a fan because more people deserve the fan, the fan title, but I do enjoy watching any of the UFC stuff. And I really do enjoy the women's MMA over men's. Uh, just like I enjoy women's rugby women's fucking, uh, competitive CrossFit. Like I, the chicks are just fun, more fun to watch. in My opinion. Anywho, um, she's a pioneer, man. She paved the way uh- and she, you know, she, when all the haters are going to hate her and that's just fucking how it works and she was confident and the do nothing bitch thing was fucking epic and badass. but it created a platform, right? And I think, you know, once the, the hater tide falls and she maybe either washes away, uh, quiets down or just has a mediocre career or whatever, she will definitely be remembered for being a fucking pioneer in this thing. And I think that's, That's the big thing to me, like in terms of me personally, man. I've always want to I just want to leave a footprint. I think she's left hers.
2: Absolutely. I mean, there was there was an article. One of her friends wrote a blog, and it was it was it was pretty cool because I mean, I believe the title of it was Ronda doesn't read your mean tweets. Um, But it was it was talking about a conversation with Ronda when she was undefeated, when she was the you know she had the belt. She was beating girls in you know twenty seconds, and then some. One of their friends asked her. Like, hey, do you, do you keep up with social media? It's like, no, nah, I never look at my notifications. They asked why. She said, because they're usually mean. This was her when she was, she was on the top. I mean, she was the best, destroying everybody. And even then, people were hating on her. So it's,
0: you know, it, it is what it is.
2: She's left a legacy. She's probably left a bigger legacy than almost – in my opinion, even now that she's lost her eyes to her legacy – is more solidified than any other fighter in UFC history. There are people, everyone knows who Ronda Rousey is. I I, I don't think there's any fighter right now more, I don't mean popular from the standpoint of everybody loves her, but there's more fighters, there's more people who know her than any other fighter, in my opinion. And that means you left a good legacy.
1: I'm on board, man. So, Without, I guess, uh, we'll put a pin on that. Maybe we'll somehow wrap back into it with some of these questions. But um, you ready to – you want to talk some meal planning? Sure. All right. My boy Sheldon, uh, Power Athlete Disciple, he hits us up. He says, tips for meal planning, okay? Uh, Dude's got the leaning protocol. He understands the concept of food prep. (laughs) But making the menu – You know, I guess he says, making the menu eludes me for some reason. Can you help a brother out?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a a heavy question. So, you know, the the biggest thing I tell everyone, and this is the free advice I'm comfortable giving anyone, you know, it still requires some work, but it's where you start to see how much people want to do it. You have to, you have to always be prepared to prepare. Uh, meaning you've got to at least spend a little bit of time finding what fits your macros. That's quality food. You know, we don't buy into the figure out a way to make ice cream fits your macros garbage. Uh, You know, find, find foods that fit your macros, write them down and write that, uh, you know, post that thing on your refrigerator. Always just be prepared. Like, Hey, I know this, this much hamburger fits my, fits what I need. This much chicken fits what I need. This much steak fits what I need. I know this much rice, this much sweet potato, uh, know those things, have them written out somewhere, and then just piece it together. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's never simple, but it's just once you put the time in, it gets that way. Um, a really cool parlor trick I do, and it really annoys everyone that loves me, is when we go to a restaurant, I can pretty much look at a plate and tell you the, the macros and calories of it and they'll look it up. I'll guess it. And they'll look it up on their little, whatever nutrition app they're using. And I'm usually, you know, within one or two grams off. It's, it's pretty nerdy, but it's uh, the, the, the ladies love it. Um, you know, it, it's an annoying thing, but the, my point is it's just, once you do it so much, it gets, it's just part of you. You, you can, you can do it pretty easily. Um, a way to make it even easier is go, you know, go check it out. We have, we have programs where we just do all that for you. I tell you exactly what to eat. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. you, all, all you gotta do is read and read and follow.
1: Yeah, I mean it. It comes down to time, time and convenience, right? And uh, time being the most precious commodity. Um, here's I guess here you know if it's, it has to do with variety, you know, because that, that that tends to be a, a problem with a lot of people, I think too. Tyler is like yeah. you know they, they know you know they know how to put fucking um, uh, you know. 16 fucking burger patties on the grill, let it rip and go. I think, uh, you know, think of it also like, uh, the way I think about it is like training, right? So you got your major lifts. I'm just going to call those the animals. We, eat. the poor, the, the, the souls we're grateful for, uh, for fueling the fucking fire and allowing us to bang weight. So you got your squat, your deadlift, your press, your bench, and then your dynamic stuff. Right? So like, think of that as like your fucking, your beef, pork, chicken, and fish. You know, and get a fucking rotation in, get a cadence. And if anything goes on sale, because that's my hey, listen, that's my fucking thing, people. I'm cheap, okay. Uh, if anything goes on sale, fucking buy it all up, freeze it. If you don't have freezer space, then guess what? You're eating that week probably more of like a one-dimensional deal. But then be fucking adventurous with uh, with your veggies and try to find like, dude, go to paleo party recipes or some shit like that and like cook up a big old batch of some sort of mixed fucking veggie with some, you know, drizzle a little butter on there, get some salt. I don't know. Maybe you go like the cinnamon route. Dude, listen, I don't know what you're into, Sheldon, but just cook big and and be courageous and be prepared to be prepared for sure, but also be prepared to fucking dump some food if you just cannot palate it because you fucked up a recipe. You know what I mean? And I would, uh, I guess what I would also recommend is like, if you're going seven day cadence or two week cadence or whatever you're doing for your planning, Um stick with what you know for five days of it and then be adventurous for two and try to find a new, a new recipe with a new veggie with a new color, you know? Uh, but that's, that's kind of it. It's just like, you got to be courageous. Uh, I know it's like the, the shitty thing for me, Tyler, is like new recipe is like, you're fucking around. It takes more time. What the fuck? But if you try to do that every day, then uh, you know, that's where it gets frustrating, but pick a day out of the week, try something new, get something that you've never even heard of and and, Google blank, whatever you bought, fucking, I don't know, eggplant recipe, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be hard. I'm not, you know, don't figure out how to take coconut flour and make shepherd's pie. Just, you know, lean ground beef, white rice, and kale. I do that all the time. I mean, it's, it's you know, find some things you like and, and, and repeat them. Um, you know, like you said, put them on a schedule. You know, the hipsters helped us out there. Taco Tuesday is a real a real handy thing. I, I is, do taco, it every, is Taco
1: Tuesday a hipster thing?
2: I don't know. I think it became that. It became like a, you know, girls every, every, every Tuesday. I know there's going to be girls on my Instagram talking about Taco Tuesday. I'm like, that's, that's lame. I have Taco Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday.
1: I know. Um, taco
2: yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but no, I mean, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being funny, but seriously, just have certain, have one month where every Monday you do this, every Tuesday you do that, the next month switch it up for other things if if that's, you know, that's simple but that at least gives you some variety.
1: Right. And that's that's the important thing is variety. Don't get stuck in the ruts. And dude, like I don't know, it's easy for me to say though because I'm definitely function over fashion. Like I'll put together some some fucking I guess on a scale of one out of 10, I'd rank it like a two or three, some sort of crock pot goulash or some sort of fucking roast mix. You know what I mean? And I'll try something new with some new spices and some new whatever, and it'll be garbage, but I'll fucking eat it anyways because you just put mustard on it. I don't know. Mustard and hot sauce.
2: Yeah, man. Like I posted one time and on something I've said on the, the podcast and everybody kind of just went nuts with it. I used to, I couldn't afford supplements. Things like that, I used to do. Uh, I would I would take a, a, a blender, throw in a family size can of tuna, then I would fill the blender up with orange juice and just mix it up. Ugh. It was like how did how did you think that was good? It's like, well, who said it had to be good? It, it tasted horrible. It, ta- it tasted like citrus fish, it, you know, but in liquid, it was horrible. It was, I, I, you know, I, I picked the, the worst tasting fish, and then I paired it with oranges. Of course, it tasted terrible, but it didn't matter. I just did it. You know, it worked.
1: Well, let's do this. Let's move on to the deadlift because I think we fucking – we beat that one solid, right? So we got a question from my man FC2112 I'm private, so I can't see him deadlifting. That's what I always like to do when people put, like, uh, questions on lifts <laughs> and see if I can't just go see him fucking do what they're doing. Anyways. What are common mistakes made during the deadlift? My deadlift is consistently one of my worst lifts. Uh, I've tinkered with body position, foot placement, et cetera, uh, without much benefit. Any basic coaching cues to consider? Any accessory movements to help improve a chronically terrible deadlift? Um, do you want to you jump on this and, and start it off? Because I, I can go for days. Yeah, I mean,
2: the, the number one cue I use in my gym that – you know, or, or the number one cue that I, th- I see that needs to be used is I use fallback uh, because a lot of people are so loaded forward on the deadlift that it becomes two movements. Um, so the big thing I tell everybody is, like, you need to be back and you know so far that essentially that bar is the one thing keeping you from falling. Um, you know, the, the, the big thing I see, people are too front-loaded. Uh, the next thing, they, they try to make it two movements. Their butt moves and then the bar moves. And we just want one good solid movement. Uh and then beyond that, there's what I hate hearing is a click off the ground. Uh when people are super, super loose, they're super relaxed, and then it's just zero to a hundred really, really quick. They don't build tension in the bar, they don't build tension in their muscles. Um, those three things are the biggest things I see people doing um in, in, in my gym personally.
1: So that and the good thing about that type of stuff is it's you can you can cue it up and you can um, you can correct the motor pattern, right? And that's, that's the goal is to align and provide a, 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 a mechanical advantage so that you can lift more weights. So I'm going to go a little deeper here, Tyler. I'm going to say one of the most common mistakes made during the deadlift is going too heavy, too quickly, too early. Meaning when you first start training, if you just start hammering and jamming up weight, you do not allow proper time And let's say you're new to training. So uh, my boy uh, FC, I don't know what your deal is. I don't know how long you've been training, but let me tell you what I see all the time. All right. Is gym owners or coaches or, or training enthusiasts who jump into training and fucking good, good on you guys. I want you to. And, um, and they see uh, all sorts of gains really quickly. And what they do is they start to add more weight, add more weight quickly, quickly, quick, quickly, quickly, quickly. Uh, and, um, and what ends up happening is we miss a whole nervous system adaptation of coordination. And you may, you may start to wire your body to, to fire incorrectly, right? So what we really focus on for a new adopter, even late adopter of weight training who's starting to deadlift and back squat and all that is we do need consistent reps. We need to have progression. We need to approach overload. But if you hit overload too soon, let's say within the first six weeks, we are fucked, okay? So we need to take a progressive overload to our major lifts to maximize our neural adaptation. Because if you start hitting structural before your your nervous system is adapted and your movement patterns are fine, uh, uh, locked in, then the structural Adaptation is just going to take longer and longer to drive and that means like you can't get strong There's two ways to get stronger right central nervous system efficiency and structural adaptation bigger muscles more dense muscles Whatever you want to call it. Okay, so that would I mean that's what I suspect here or here's another fucking uh, Here's another another idea Tyler. So let's say you did let take a nice Progressive approach like something like a starting strength or the bedrock program where we just slowly but surely increase weight We perfect the movement pattern and we eventually hit overload and we do proper resets to then coordinate Increased uh, nervous system efficiency. Let's say you did that. Maybe you were just built to be a shitty deadlifter maybe you've got short fucking arms a long torso and uh, And you're gonna be a shitty deadlifter forever because that's how I feel but uh, here's what I would also say too is you just got to give it time. You know, my um, I see here that you're, you've said uh, you've tinkered with body position. You've tinkered with foot placement without much benefit. But how long have you given that? Because it's going to take you three to six weeks to re-coordinate and rewire that movement pattern to where you can actually start to see a benefit from the training, right? And then how often are you fucking deadlifting? Maybe you're deadlifting 30, 40 reps a week or something like that. It might be too much. So, uh, you know, one thing that Zangus would tell John is, you know, treat heavy deadlifts like the pretty girl. Ignore her and wait for her to come up to you, you know? So it's like, (laughs) if you're deadlifting too heavy too often, then it could be a deal where you're just fried and you can't have it. So I guess with that, With all that said, man, I wish I, it's hard to say a quick fix, but the good news is, you know, if you're following one of our programs, you can drop your video on the activity feed and you can have our coaches and the, 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 uh, community try to give you some tips and tricks. Uh, if you want to get direct access to us, man, we got forums. Um, so maybe drop a video in there, or I know this is even riskier. If you're going to come out and ask me these questions, bro, get some fucking live videos on your Instagram account and make your fucking account public. But that's ball, That's ballsy. Like, listen, man, here's the thing, Tyler, here's what I want to tell you. If I weren't such like, if I weren't borderline D list fitness celebrity, you know what I mean? Where, where I can actually get away with putting the, in front of my fucking first name, which I understand is douchey. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you a little story. I never thought I was going to do fucking Instagram because all the chicks, all my girlfriend's friends were like, Instagram's so great. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not an Instagram (laughs) guy, right? So I pick some arbitrary Luke California, okay? And like, I don't know. I I don't even like California. So I moved to Texas. I just did it because I'm not that fucking creative. That's why we have Harry working for us, okay? So then this thing pops off. I become like maybe borderline E-list power athlete celebrity, right? And then I'm fucking decide to move. So California doesn't make sense, Tyler. So what do I got to do? I got to change my fucking thing. Cause I don't want to be, I don't want to like meet some fucking badass, you know, hillbilly out here. Who's going to invite me to go fucking hunt hogs and with dogs and have to like stab their throats. And he's like, bro, you on Instagram. I want to tag you in this. I'm like, yeah, my fucking Instagram is um, Luke California. And He's like, give me that fucking knife back. Give me that pig back. You know what I mean? Like I don't want that to happen.
2: So, um- have you applied for an official name change yet, though?
1: <laughs> like, did you mean get the, like the check mark thing?
2: Yeah. Like what? Like, no, I mean like, like lawfully.
1: No, no, gosh, no. I'm. But here's also my thing is like, I don't know. So then I fucking settled on D Luke Summers. Listen, people, I apologize. If you're like, dude, you're a douche. I'm on board with you. Okay. If you think I'm a douche, then you're in, you're a friend. Okay. You were a close friend. However, if you think it's cool, I think that's cool, too. Whatever. Anyways, what the fuck were we talking about? Um, oh, Yeah, making your account fucking public. If I weren't an E-list celebrity, I'd probably be private and just creeping on people, too, like my boy FC2112. Anyways, uh, but no, man, that'd be helpful. Jump on. Um, if you if you really want to get some help, man, we can help you on the forums or uh, tag us. Maybe tag tag us on Instagram, see if we'll pop over. But, again, we got a fucking private guy, so that's that's that. Um, let's see. What else we got? <laughs> uh, dude, we're not getting a lot of traffic on these questions. Anywho, let's barrel forward. Oh. Kuchrick, did we decide if reptiles are in the eat with abandoned uh, list? Where is he from? BK is uh, – met fucking uh, Ben Cooch. Oh, yeah. Re- okay. <laughs> oh. So, Benny's one of our coaches. He's been helping out with the seminars. Uh, he's in uh, – He's actually taking shirtless pics on Instagram, looking pretty jacked. Fucking Ben, look at you. Now, don't be confused. He does this – like when he sets his cameras up, he puts them a little lower because one thing to know about Ben Kutrick is he's four foot nine and weighs about 120 pounds. <laughs> now, he looks good with a nice upward angle. But, uh, no, Ben's one of our coaches and is in the midst of his academy fucking deal. But, um, yeah, so we were at a seminar, Tyler, and then uh, somebody asked me about reptiles. Oh, but, wow going back to it you know on our eat with abandon list as we get into protein meat fish foul seafood eggs you know i've heard you say now you know it may just be me but all this shit is meat and then yeah, eggs, are just meat that's not meat yet
2: <laughs> yeah that's what it says it's it's meat that's meat that yeah meat that's meat meat that flies meat that swims meat that also swims but isn't <laughs> called fish and meat that's not meat yet it's all freaking meat
1: yeah so i guess if you're like a, a big gator guy or you know like i don't know if you're eating rattlesnake or what but like yeah i think i think we're good there what's your are you up to snuff on reptilian uh meat quality there there I,
2: yeah i've never really i've, I've had rattlesnake and, and and alligator i've had both those but I, I think it let's just put it on i mean we can go back and change it to meat the crawls we can put that <laughs> or meat that slithers i don't know um, but I think, I think the, the insulin, I think we have to go with, yeah, you can eat it Yes. Yeah. Uh, so extra points, extra points. If you eat it alive. Yeah, that's right. Like it's extra protein, extra protein. If you just grab a rattlesnake and buy it.
1: Listen now, if there are impressionable young listeners, oh, don't actually grab rattlesnakes. Ask your, ask your parents, ask your parents to grab the rattlesnake for you. Yes. I feel like we gotta give that disclaimer sometimes. I don't know if anyone's gonna actually go grab a rattlesnake, but that's what I got. Um, Oh, listen, so David MCK, AKA Train608 just, uh, so this is her, so this is Dave's question for you, Tyler. Okay. He says, do you think the outcome of the fight would have been different if she took a few like Took a few fights before the title fight.
2: It's it's hard to say. It could have she could have lost faster. You know, there's there's a million there's a million possible things, you know, that could help it, could hurt it. But it, at the end of the day, you know, me and me and my friend Tim, they were talking about this. It's you know who's more talented, who's the better athlete, who's who's got better striking, who's got better jitsu. At the end of the day, it's it's a a beating up contest. It is a fist fight. So, you know, that stuff may have helped. It may have hurt. You know, at, at the end of the day, she got hit first. She got hit harder, and it was over. Um, you know, it's, it's who's willing to, to do the most violence, and anything can happen, man. This sport is so weird. I can't tell you how many times I was completely surprised by an outcome. But, again, it's, it's the fist fight. You know, it's, it's – at the end of the day, it's just a bar fight where the two people have known about it for much longer.
1: Fair enough. And they've maybe practiced a little more than some drunk f- frat boy.
2: Less beer. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely that. You know, there's.
1: All right, dude, I'm going to Therandeep. Therandeep is like, uh dude, so we get notifications of everybody who posts and we read all the notifications. And all the time, dude, Therandeep has some fucking good questions. But by far, dude, you'll have to uh, email me and tell me how to properly pronounce your name. Therandeep. Darwall. So I apologize for just butchering it, but this dude trains hard. Anyways, he's asking us: What are the best forms of cardio for fat loss when you're limited for time? Let's say 15 minutes before or after Jack Street. Um, is it running, bag work, etc.? What do you guys think? You want to jump on this one? Uh, I mean, it's going to depend on how you're,
2: you know, what your goals, how you're, I guess, fat loss, eating, things like that. If you're really short on time, man, I like the old. Interval sprints, uh, you know, I like sled pushes, hill sprints, you know, short on time. I, I, I like, you know, you obviously can't do steady state cardio if you're, if you're short on time. Um, you know, I like high intensity, basic interval training. I like, yeah. like I said, sprints, hill sprints, sled pushes till so you feel like you're going to puke. Um, you're short on time, so you got to get it done quick.
1: Yeah. And here, here's also the thing, too, Deep is, um, you, like, what, what, is, what does your training look like? How do you feel in terms of recovery? Because when you get into, like, the high, the hit stuff and just, like, biggest payoff and shortest period of time, what you need to avoid is eccentric loading, right? Three types of muscle contractions. Concentric. Let's go to the classic by, uh, uh Bicep curl, the king of all lifts, right? So if you're sitting with your arm straight and you curl your arm up towards your shoulder, that's the concentric action, the concentric muscle contraction of the biceps. Then as you hold there and give it a squeeze for the extra pump, that's our isometric. If You go down to 90 degree elbow bend and hold again, that's isometric. But that lowering action is the eccentric. Now, the eccentric stuff is what fries us out. And especially on cardio type movements where they're, they're unloaded cyclical, repeated movement patterns, if you have eccentric action in there, that's what's going to fry you. You're going to feel like dog shit. But the nice thing about what Tyler's saying with prowler pushes till you fucking barf is there's no eccentric loading there, right? Uh, Sprints, I would just, sprints require a high degree of coordination. If you're trying to be a good sprinter, okay, maybe you're not, maybe you are. But if you're trying to be a good sprinter, be intelligent with how you dose your sprints Uh, so that would be something like the speed kills program gives you an idea of what, what goes on there. But if you're just using the ambulation of the sprinting to fucking lose some weight and get some training in, go find a hill and sprint up it. Just like Tyler said, like 10, 15, 20 seconds and try to do a three to one rest to work ratio. Um, and then you mentioned kind of like the heavy bag, things like that. Here's also what I would, I would, you know, it's effective if you're willing to do it. Right. So, like if there's something you absolutely despise and you know you're gonna fucking dog it, then that probably isn't a good choice. Does that make sense, Tyler? So like it comes down to, you know, what I think maybe you had posted on it or maybe we talked about it even. You know, one of Rob's things is like palatability when he about his new book or maybe it was John. Like, if if it's something you you can't palate, uh, you know, proverbially, and you're not going to put the effort into, then even though it like the research indicates that it would be a good choice. Like dude, let's say hill sprints. We, I'm with Tyler are, are one of the most biggest paths, but if you're not going to do it cause you don't like it and you'll, it's an easy thing to fucking skip Then hit the fucking heavy bag. Like here's what it comes down to as well is, you know, have a plan, but just if the plan falls apart, it doesn't mean pull the rip cord. So you can always revert to like something. If you want to go fucking swing at a heavy bag for a little bit and you dog it, it's literally is better than nothing. You know what I mean? So Tyler, does that make sense? Yeah, Absolutely. So, I mean, if you got 15 minutes before or after, uh, I mean, just get the work in, you know, get the work in and uh, see how, and don't let it affect your training the next day. So like on a Tuesday, if you got Wednesday off or on a a Saturday, if you got Sunday off or a Friday, if you got Saturday off, go for something fucking nuts, get crazy. But on like a a Monday or a Thursday, just kind of avoid that eccentric loading. That would be what I would say. Yeah, dude. You could even do like mountain climbers in place. Uh, my personal favorite is tearing down a fucking a gym and carrying eight thousand pounds of steel into a, a shipping <laughs> container. But that doesn't take fifteen minutes. That takes a whole week. Um, anyways, now let's. Uh, we got Nate Nate less here. He wants to know what are your thoughts on fasted training and training in the morning versus the evening. On your marks, get set.
2: You know. Yeah, uh, man, I, I hate to always kind of say like, well, it depends on the person. But what I've found is fasted training more than about anything depends on the person. If you're a, a, a high-stressed individual, you've got a lot going on, that'd, that could be just a little bit more than you need. Um, if you're doing field strong, CrossFit, any high, super high-intensity training, fasted is probably not the way to go. Um, you know, Jack Street, you know, I, I did a cycle of Jack Street fasted and, and I, I did fine. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, that could be completely okay. Um, you know, fasted cardio, I think, is good. There's, there's a lot of, there's about as much evidence saying it doesn't make a difference as there is saying it does make a difference. At the end of the day, though, what I have found, whether you believe the research or anything, if you start doing fasted cardio, and you weren't currently doing anything. You're going to be better for it because you just threw in something you weren't doing. Um, and at the end of the day, even if fasted cardio is probably not the best way to do it, it's not a big deal. It's it's not going to, you know, it's it's not going. You're not you're not Mr. Olympia. You're not you know uh, an NFL athlete. It's not going to make that big of a difference. But if the most convenient time for you to do cardio is to do it fasted first thing in the morning then by all means do it. Me personally, I say if, if you're doing that, pick some steady state cardio again, stuff that you know you're going to do. You know, uh, wake up, take some uh, amino acids with you, drink your amino acids while you're, while you're doing it, keep a decent pace. Um, you know, obviously still a conversational pace, depending on how much time, how many days a week you do it, 30 to 60 minutes. Um, you know, get done and eat breakfast.
1: There it is, people. I have nothing to disagree with on Tyler, which is odd. Yes. You know. Um, all right. And then Cam Beachley, is Tyler wearing pants? No. <laughs> I'm, in a massage. I'm in a massage chair. Who wears pants in a massage chair? Yeah. Pants are, as you know, uh, if you ever – or as you may not know, if you ever come and work with a power athlete, we have a strict dress code where pants are, are optional, and it's just that simple. That's just how it works.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it was it was part of the contract I had to sign.
1: Mhm. All right, my man. Well, I mean that kind of that kind of wraps it up. Looks like we kind of got a quick and brief one uh this time through. Uh anything else we we should fucking talk about? No, I mean, there's so what do you got coming? You said you're traveling for some fights. What's going on? What do we got to keep our eye on? Yeah, I go to Denver. I have a lot of people in Denver
2: right now. Um, you know, Megan Anderson, who's fighting next week for Invicta is the main event. Um, some really exciting things there. I mean, they ju- the UFC just opened up the 145-pound women's division. You know, M- Megan's about to fight as the main event. Um, you know, there's, there's rumors that this will be for a title uh, or number one contender. Um, you know, this is a the all women's the all women's promotion Invicta that was created um, for the weight classes. The UFC doesn't have UFC has that weight class now. So you know, who knows what will happen with her career after this? Um, her coach, m- you know, my best friend and one of my my other athletes, James Krause, is there in Denver with her. I have uh, two of my other UFC guys, Chris and Brian Kamosi The brothers are over there. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go out to Denver, train a little bit, help them out, and then. Uh, Go to Kansas City for the fight. Finish up that weight cut. Then I don't, I don't have anything immediately planned. I have four different fighters all trying to, to fight around March, so I could be anywhere in March. I've I've, I've got a potential big big name. I'm, I'm not going to say their name yet, but it will be huge. Uh, that's probably about to start working with me in March uh, for the for the UFC. Yeah, I mean it'll. I'm I'm it's it's killing me not being able to say their name yet, but we want to make want to make 100% sure, get, get name on paper before we do. So, um, yeah, man, but it's, 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 it's weird. So with with what I do now, I I really never know what I'm going to be doing. A fighter accepts a fight. Hey, I need you there. All right, let's figure it out. Let's get there. Uh, sometimes Mm -hmm. I I find out the day before I have to fly out. So it's uh, always exciting. I need to get down to, to Texas. I've never, I've only been through airports in Texas. I've never actually been to texas and, and now that now that you all have got places and uh you know I, hogs can be killed year-round so i need to get there <laughs> i need to get there is he going to is he going to eat that or are they like just you know, and worm infested or
1: uh, short answer is um we fucking dude we're sitting there having coffee and i just kind of poked my head up i'm like so are those the fucking hogs you know because they're they're shredding up the property and, um and he's like, yeah, dude. And we run and get his BLR and he fucking, long story short, just pops his pig. And the plan is to go get a process. But then the next thing you know, the fucking inspectors are showing up. Um, movers are showing up. Like we get sidetracked. I got to go fucking run into city and get some shit done. And uh, like half a day goes by and it's just fucking the pig was too bloated and we didn't we didn't act quick enough. And honestly, you know, we don't have a side by side. It wasn't in a advantageous spot to fucking pick up. And and drag out, but we found a processor that would you know we didn't have dude there was fucking nothing unpacked, so we didn't really have anything to dress it. And um, it, long story short is no, we didn't fucking get it processed. <laughs> uh, we had to just drop it back in the boneyard, and let the buzzards have their way with it, you know. Um,
2: still still but, buying bacon for a little bit at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, but it, no man, it's been a really cool move to get out here because. Just just even like the first day we're out here, you, you know we, we fucking overlook some essentials, go to fucking target, go to um go to pet smart for the months, get some food did just people are listen i'm not if you're from California, I'm not mad at you, but the people that I did interact with regularly, which were at supermarkets and at pet stores, you know and at like basically retail and dining locations, the common theme was like a fuck off pushback attitude. Now that's, there's an exception, dude. Like there's places that had really great people and i met a lot of great people in California, but it's just like the overall experience between driving and between fucking, uh, uh, like going out and dining out and shit like that. Uh, just, it, it wasn't good. You know what I mean? It was, uh, you, you're, you're always running into whiny people. But out here, dude, the, everyone's greeting me at, oh, you just move where you're from, boom, chat you up, bing, bing, boom, oh, here's 10% discount. It's like, what the fuck, man? Where is this kindness? Kill me with kindness. You know that's my job. I'm supposed to be killing people with kindness. So it's been a really, called, really cool experience
2: It's called Dixie, man.
1: Yeah, dude. <laughs> the
2: South. It's it's a different. It's 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 a like it's, it's a different area. That's for sure. And I mean, we you knew it was going to be good because you know Tex. I mean, we if, if if sure. all you if, if all you've got to base base Texas on is 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 our man Tex, you know it's it's going to be a a a pretty a pretty uh good old boy state
1: all right good chat listen people that's the show a quick and easy one we're keeping you entertained so if you're one of those two-hour commute people i'm sorry you only have you go back and listen from the fucking beginning or maybe listen to it backwards i don't know whatever floats your boat but um here's the thing tyler's a sharp guy he does a lot of great shit if you want to get your nutrition in shape PowerAthleteHQ.com/slash/nutrition. Check out what we got. We have all sorts of options, and you can even have the the superior extreme option where Tyler will fly in to your your hometown. He will move in with you for thirty days, and he will he will bathe you and feed you, and uh, we'll set up like a, a hammock, like like to to like Jabba the Hut in Star Wars, and he'll feed you grapes <laughs> and, and whatever macros you need, right? It's, it's, High
2: dollar code Yeah, you know. <laughs> better, better, better have silver and Jameson.
1: Listen, so it's if you want that service, it's always worth asking. All right, we can't promise you it'll happen, but you might as well ask. All right, big fellow, thanks a lot, Tyler. I'll, I'll yeah, we got to get you out of here, man. I'll catch up with you. No, sounds good. All right, people, thanks for listening. Bye.
0: Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Keep up with Tyler and all of his clients by following him on Instagram. His handle is at the melee way. That's at the M E L E E way. You can also find him on our forums, answering many of your nutrition inquiries or contact him directly through the site by heading to wwwpowerathletehqcom backslash nutrition until next time. Bye.